0: Hello, friends. God bless you. Welcome to a word of victory. Praise God. Father, we just thank you today. And thank you for each of these, my brothers and sisters, Lord. I praise you for each one of their lives today. I thank you that they are your precious children, that you have created each one of them, Lord. You made them unique. You made them, uh, you knitted them together, Lord, each one in their mother's womb. And Father, you have put them upon this earth for such a time as this. And I thank you, Lord, for the plans and purposes that you have for each one of them, Lord, today. And I proclaim, Lord, your mighty blessings upon each one, upon their families, your hand of protection upon them, Lord. I pray that you would strengthen them in the inner man, Lord. I pray, Lord, that the eyes of their understanding would be flooded with the light of the world, Jesus Christ, with your glory light shining through them, Lord, exposing every area where the enemy has held them bound in any way, Lord. I praise you in the name of Jesus for your Your wonderful, magnificent, beautiful love, Lord, being poured into their hearts today to strengthen them and to let them know that they are accepted by you, that they are loved by you and that they are uh, a a vessel of honour for your glory to be used in your kingdom in Jesus' name. Amen. I thank you, Father. I thank you for the love of God being poured out today in our hearts, Lord, and that we would receive your love today, Lord, and that we would not only receive it for ourselves, but that we would be vessels of honor to bring your love everywhere we go. Remember that scripture, diffusing the fragrance of his presence. What kind of a of a of a smell, what kind of a presence, what kind of a fragrance is being emitted where you are dear friend because when you receive the love of god and when you know that he is for you that he loves you when you have uh, when we when we you know live every day a lifestyle of of repentance a lifestyle of of honoring god and prioritizing him and his word what happens is is that we can't help but but uh, manifest His glory. We can't help but manifest and and see the goodness of God being poured out in our lives and and uh, through our lives in Jesus' name. Amen. Praise God. I come to you today trembling. Really, I suppose. Uh, you know, I've I've just been through a, a really difficult time the last few weeks of of um uh attacked with with COVID and uh, you know, in a in a state of extreme weakness and I uh praise God, you know, I there were days and times I couldn't pray, I I couldn't even I couldn't even think straight really, to be honest. It was just such an attack. And I suppose I wanted to just today. I don't have any notes or anything. I don't have any Big um, sermon or something like that. I, I've I've learned a lot of things the last few weeks, and I've learned that God is so good. <laughs> I've learned that God is faithful to His word, and you know, above all else, all my life, all I've ever wanted to do is is to study God's word, to to hear His voice, and to to live for Him. And to obey his word, I suppose, as well. And I've seen God is faithful to his word. And I'm so grateful and so thankful to the people in our fellowship. You know, I I believe, friends, that I know many of you are listening from different parts of the world. And and I just pray that God would really plant you, uh, you know, in a place by streams of living water um, because where the word of God is being preached, the whole gospel, the full Bible, you know, where the word of God is being preached by the power of his spirit, you will thrive and grow. And, you know, I'm so grateful for the people in Word of Victory who've been praying for me, who've been upholding me in prayer and, and my family and have been uh, standing with us um through through what has been a, a really difficult season uh, I'm so grateful and I thank God today for for our fellowship. I thank God for our, our wider fellowship as well all over the world. I, I just praise you and I thank you today, Father, for the things that you're doing, Lord, and uh, for the plans that you have for each one's life, Lord, and each family. And I thank you, Lord, that we are about to see revival bursting forth. The glory, the knowledge of the glory of God is being poured out. And you see, friend, the thing is, is that first of all, uh, in in order, people are always praying for revival and praying for you know, oh God, touch those sinners and touch that. But I I have always said it, and I I really do believe it. The people that God wants to touch are, are you know the Christians, because I I believe that the reason there isn't we don't see you know the miracles, the signs, and the wonders is because the church. The people who are who are reading the Bible, the people who have been studying the Bible for years, have no revelation of God, and of of His love and of His power, and and you know that we can get very satisfied or we can get very uh, haughty and arrogant uh, just from saying, "Well, you know, we know the Word of God. Praise God, we're saved, and we're we're this and we're that." And and yet, uh, the thing is, is that God wants so much more, and and. You know, recently I was listening to to Bob Jones' testimony again. Um Bob Jones was a prophet who um he he was prophesying and uh, you know living for the Lord and and the enemy attacked him and and actually the devil uh, you know he 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 took him out through sickness really and um Bob Jones went and and uh, actually died and and met the Lord and um he said that the lord let him see uh um like almost like a supermarket say conveyor belt and all these people on it and he said there was two conveyor belts one had many many people on it and the other had very few people on it the one he was on and he said as the conveyor belt was passing um all these people he said that were on the the um the one where there was loads of people that they all saw jesus standing there, and they all said as they passed by on the conveyor belt, Oh my God, it was true. You mean it was really true. And and uh, all these people, you know, were being judged uh, because they had rejected God or, or because they had not um, accepted salvation through Jesus and had done things their own way. And, you know, um, they were heading for hell. And he said on, on the conveyor belt that he was on, he said "These each person would come to the Lord and, uh, you know, that the Lord would ask each one of them, every one of them, he would ask the same question. Did you learn to love? And, you know, he said that um, as they... Said yes, Lord. I, I loved people. I prayed for people. I loved them, even those ones who hurt me. Life was so difficult, and and all this, and in each one of them was was brought into. He said, it actually brought into Jesus, right into His light, and and you know taken home to heaven. And he said, but one person that he saw was it was an elderly lady, and he said, um, when she when it was her turn to come to the Lord, and the Lord said to her, Well. Did you learn to love? And she said, Oh Lord, I love you. And he said, Yeah. But, uh, he said, you're not going to get any, you're going to get no rewards and no, no rewards for that. And, uh, then it was Bob Jones' turn and he said to him, did you learn to love? And he said, well, I love you, Lord. And, and yeah, you know, I, I he said life was very difficult. And, and, and the Lord looked at all the people on the other conveyor belt and he said, what about them? And, you know, this is the thing, friend, is that all of us are going to be asked. What did we do with what we were given? You know, to whom much is given, much is expected. And... It's it's great to know the word of God and I'm not condemning anybody, you know, um, but really what I feel is, is that the church has lost its way. The church has got consumed with "Bless me, bless me." What is in it for me? I want, you know, I want, I need. Uh, I think Joyce Meyer nailed it years ago with her robot. You know, I don't know if you've ever seen that, but she, she, she does this uh, mimicking of a, a robot. You know, what about, what about me? What about me? What about me? What about me? And and I think that the church uh, and 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 many Christians. I'm not saying all Christians, but m- many Christians are are, are t- we are totally consumed with what about me, uh, me, my family, uh, what I want, what I need. And what the Lord is looking at is, is he's he's looking at a totally different horizon. And he's saying, what about them? And so often the church you know will look and, and and look at sinners or look at people who are lost or look at people who are who are uh you know caught up in the world and and, and point the finger and accuse and slander and really just accomplish the devil's work for him instead of accomplishing what God has told us to do and uh You know, I've been looking at the book of Job and uh, I'll read it, what I wrote out. The only thing I can talk to you about is what the Lord has been talking to me about. And in Job chapter 42, and this is from the NLT, you know, all of Job's friends have spoken, they've all told him, oh, you did this and you did that, you were this and you were that, you were, you You know, they, they, they accused him or whatever. And then the other guy, the fourth friend spoke and he said, I, I think you're all wrong here, all of you, you're, you're totally out of focus, you're not looking at God. And, and you know, then it says in, I think it's in Job 38, um, that God spoke, let me find it here actually. And I'll, I'll read it for you properly rather than misquoting it. In in Job. Um, thank you, Lord. Oh, I praise you, Jesus. In Job chapter 40, verse 6, it says, Then the Lord answered Job from the whirlwind, Brace yourself like a man because I have some questions for you and you must answer them. And, you know, what I found the last few weeks of being through this storm of of sickness and of weakness and of just spiritual attack is that God had questions to ask of me. And um, he goes on, you know, in in Job 40 and 41, God challenges Job and and he he just speaks to him about his power and his glory and he he really pares back everything in job to understand that you know job thought thought he was doing everything good he thought he had everything all together and he didn't And in Job 42, and I'll read it from you, and this is the NLT, it says, Then Job replied to the Lord, I know that you can do anything, and no one can stop you. You asked, Who is this that questions my wisdom with such ignorance. And I really felt the Lord speaking this to me, friend, through that storm and through that trial. And I love the Lord and I love the word of God. And I've always, you know, tried to to obey his word and, and tried to, you know, <laughs> do everything right and perfect. But listen, there is no perfect person. And what I found is through all of this is that I, which I always knew anyway, but it really became apparent to me i have no power in myself you know and and this is the thing is the world really falsifies things for people you know it it tells people listen you go you eat clean you get fish um you have the power inside of yourself there's this this universalism and you know it's based on eastern mysticism and and, and yoga and 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 all that kind of false god worship, Buddha, and all that kind of stuff, is where all of that comes from, this self-empowerment. And listen, friend, we have no power. We have no power in ourselves. In fact, in Psalm 103, it says, God knows that we are only dust, but like a tender father. And that's what I have have experienced these past few weeks, is that God my father in heaven has scooped me up in his arms and has, you know, snuggled me close and strengthened me and brought me through, uh, you know, what was just a time of extreme storm and turmoil. But like he said to Job here, you know, I, I, I was, I suppose, questioning him. You know, and, and this is what he said to Job. Who is this that questions my wisdom with such ignorance? Now, did God make me sick? No, he did not. There was a, a number of, of, uh, reasons and, and whatever and, and the virus and all that. Yeah. And, and, you know. Uh, uh, praise God for all the people who've been helping, you know, people who've been sick, people who've been working in hospitals, doctors, uh, who've been ministering to the sick. And, you know, they're ministering out of, out of what they know and they're doing their best to help people. But ultimately, friend, at the end of the day, we have no power in ourselves. Man has no power. Man has no answer. But God has and And so much of what the world has been offering, and so much of what the church even have been carrying on, which has been based on ignorance, you know ignorance of of God's word and of who he is, and of of his power, and it's not until you know that things go. I suppose we always knew that, isn't it? That things have to go to the bottom of the barrel in order for people to see who God really is and how mighty he is, how wonderful he is. And this is what happened to Job. It's not that Job made, or that God made Job sick. And it's not that God, you know, attacked him in order to to uh, to teach him some kind of lesson or, or, or that with me either, you know. But it was, it certainly is that through the test and through the, the attack that the enemy brings against us, God uses those things to strengthen us, to to bring into correction our theology or our our belief or our trust. Uh, he He brings into correction what it is that that we have been, uh, you know, believing and he also brings into into the light uh those ones who will stand with you and who will pray with you and pray for you and who will stand strong and that's why church and fellowship is so important friend it, you know and, and and it's it's difficult when people live far away and it's it's difficult when you know there's jobs and you've long hours and you've family and you're trying to prioritize everything but Something that has become apparent to me through all of this, and it's something that I did often say long ago, I know that, but it just became so real to me. Many years ago, you know, when I'd look and see big disasters or things like that, and, you know, one minute you see people and they're driving around in Ferraris and wondering about which new Gucci bag to buy themselves. And the next day, you know, there's some kind of natural disaster where they're actually um scraping to try and get into a queue to 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 get water out of a tanker because everything has been wiped out and and this is something you know life is is so fleeting and so precious and at the end of the day all those things that people and that men strive for don't matter all that matters is that you know the most important basic needs and our greatest need is our relationship with Jesus Christ, our relationship with God, the Father, to know who he is and to know that he loves you and that he is for you, uh, you know, and that there there are areas of our lives that we need to get right with God. And there are areas in the church, and, uh, you know, I think that that the Lord is is really ministering this to me. And and so I know it's not only me that's being ministered to, but the church, you know, needs to get over itself. All this stupid biting and sniping and slandering, pointing the finger at each other. My God. We will stand before the Lord one day. And we, you know, because of the blood of Jesus Christ, praise God that we are washed and cleansed and we, will, we are saved and can stand before him. But there will be questions that will have to be asked and will have to be answered, friend. And this is what he said to Job. Who is this who questions my wisdom with such ignorance? It is I. This is Job speaking now and I was talking about things I knew nothing about, things far too wonderful for me, which I did not know. You said, Listen and I will speak. I have some questions for you, and you must answer them. I had only heard about you before, Job says, but now I have seen you with my own eyes. I take back everything I said. And I sit in dust and ashes to show my repentance. That's just honestly, you know, the Lord brought me to that scripture there the other day when I eventually was able to be strong enough to come around to actually open the Bible and read it. And it was that he brought me to. And I just said, Lord, I ask you to forgive me for the times when I have been haughty, for the times when I have been, you know, prioritizing even things of ministry even things of ministering to other people instead of first ministering to the Lord and first understanding you know it's it's so important and it's the thing friend that the enemy will come first for he will come first for your worship what are you worshiping who are you worshiping what is your priority is it your family is it your is it your your daily life is it your work is it your you know uh, is it your finances is it your bank account is it your house is it your mortgage is it your you know is it your status in the community is it your community work is it your church work without the lord we have nothing and we are nothing and we are completely powerless And I praise God for healing me and I thank him. I praise God for bringing me out. And I know my voice sounds a bit weird, you know, and I'm I'm coming back to strength. But praise God. You know, that song was in my in my heart all week. Who is king over all the earth? God is king over all the earth. You see, who is king in our lives? Who is the one who has the first place? because what the world and what life will do and and life is busy and life is great and you know there was a few days there where I was um, my husband took me for a drive and oh my god I felt so weak <laughs> and I just looked out the window and I saw people and and they were just in their normal lives you know they were at work and they were and everything looked so normal and so great and you know it's it's so easy when you're on high and and when things are going great to to not realize you know how low things can go and, and and I really I feel such a compassion for people who are you know long term sick or who are chronically ill or who are you know weak or helpless because what a horrible place to be and you know I was so blessed I had my family praying for me standing with me I had my church family standing and praying so faithfully for me and that's what brought me through. But you know, who's out there ministering for those people? And it's the church's job. That's what Jesus said. He said, listen, I am authorizing you. And that's a word I've been hearing all week in my heart. Jesus Christ is the author and the finisher of our faith, right? He's the author of it and the finisher of our faith. And he has authorized us. You are authorised. If you can imagine, you go to a a government business and and you need some kind of a, you know, a farm or something and they stamp it with the the government seal or the the government, uh, you know, um, whatever thing, (laughs) authorization and says, authorised. That's what Jesus Christ has done for you and for me. He has authorised us. To go and to live and to prosper and to thrive and to bless people and to love people. And that's why when the guy came to to Jesus and said, you know, what's the greatest commandment? What, What can I do to please God? And Jesus, you know, it said that Jesus loved him. And he said to him, well you know, what is your reading of the law? And, and the man says, well, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. And Jesus said, in this you have spoken the truth. Uh, but then he said to him, you know, go and sell all you have. And, and it said that the man became very, very sad because he had much possessions. But you see, the thing is, is that it, it, who is king? Who is king in your life? Who is king? Because if it's money, if it's finances, if it's uh, status, if it's intelligence, if it's education, if it's relationships, if it's, you know, what other people think about you, if it's social media, that's the gods you're going to be serving. But if it's God, we will do what he says and we will obey his word and we we, we won't be able to help but be able to thrive and to prosper. In Psalm 47, that's where that scripture is if you want to go with me to it. Psalm 47. I'll read it all for you. Let's read it together. Oh, clap your hands, all you people. Shout to God with the voice of triumph. For the Lord Most High is awesome. He is a great King over all the earth. He will subdue the peoples under us and the nations under our feet. He will choose our inheritance for us. The excellence of Jacob, whom he loves. God has gone up with a shout. The Lord with the sound of the trumpet. Sing praises to God, sing praises. Sing praises to our King, sing praises. And this is the scripture in verse 7. For God is King of all the earth. Sing praises with understanding. God reigns over the nations. God sits on his holy throne. The princes of the people have gathered together, the people of the God of Abraham. For the shields of the earth belong to God. He is greatly exalted. Amen. And Lord, we worship you today. We praise you. We honor you. We thank you, Father, because you are king over all the earth. And Lord Jesus, we ask forgiveness for the times when we have made other things or other people or idols or false gods, when we have exalted them and elevated them over you, Lord, when we have prioritized other things, you know, and and I keep thinking of that scripture in Revelation and he says, you know, return to your first love. What's your first love, the first time when you heard the word of God, the first time when you got excited that God loves you, that he has chosen you, that he has appointed you for such a time as this to be born upon this earth, to accomplish great things for him, you know, to love people, to minister to people. You see, always the kingdom of God is about outward. It's not about inward. That's the kingdom of Satan. The kingdom of the devil is about me. It's about, you know, uh, people fulfilling their own desires. What's your wildest dream? Oh, think about it, because that's what you can have. That's what the world will tell people. And that is, you know, it's an antichrist theology, friend. But the kingdom of God is about who can you help? What can you do? How can you minister the love of God to someone? How can you, you know, honor God with your life? How can you bring Him glory? How can you please Him? Our faith pleases God and that's the only thing He responds to. Our faith and the Word of God. That's why He said, you know, He he watches over His Word to see that it is performed. So that's why studying the Word of God and and, and filling ourselves up with it and spending time in His Word and, and allowing Him to minister to us very often in areas that You know, where he touches a nerve, like he did with Job, like he did with me. He'll touch a nerve. And, uh, you know, I've been reading there the last few days uh, as well about counting the cost. And there is a cost to be counted if you want to be part of the kingdom of God. You need to obey his word. And, you know, for us, that, that very often... It can be fine in in loads of different categories. And then there can be just one area. You know, it could be it could be offense. It could be uh, being offended at somebody and saying, yeah, I love everybody. God, I love everyone. (laughs) Oh, no, I don't love them. No, I do not love them because. And let me tell you why. okay? and and so what we do is we justify and, and 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 that's an that's disobedience to God's word. Yeah, I I I always do everything. I I honor the Lord with every. Well, I you know not no not my finances now no, not I. You don't actually go there now, Lord. That door is shut. I, no. Uh Proverbs three says honor the Lord with all of your increase and. Mm, yeah, I do, but not that. <laughs> you know, um, it, there's there's these areas of our lives. And you see, this is the questions the Lord will ask you. He's he's very, he's very blunt and straightforward and he'll go straight to the heart of the matter. And it's up to us then, you know, I was speaking with with one of our church family the other day and, and it really just occurred to me. The kingdom of God is about yes or no. That's that's what it boils down to and you know it's lovely that we we have the lord and we have faith and we we trust god and and you know he he yeah we, we 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 um obey the lord here and there and everywhere whatever but you know at the end of the day it just boils down to are we saying yes or are we saying no and in in luke chapter 13 if you want to have a look there for a moment uh in luke 13 he's Jesus speaking here, you know, and oh, it's anyway, let me let me read portions of it Um, in, at the start of Luke 13. And this is the NLT again, the New Living. About this time, Jesus was informed that Pilate had murdered some people from Galilee as they were offering sacrifices at the temple. Do you think those Galileans were worse sinners than all the other people from Galilee? Jesus answered. Is that why they suffered? Not at all. And you will perish too unless you repent of your sins and turn to God. And what about the 18 people who died when the Tower of Siloam fell on them? Were they the worst sinners in Jerusalem? No. And I tell you again, that unless you repent, you will perish too. That's very, you know, isn't that amazing that Jesus said that? He—he he, Everywhere he went, he preached the kingdom and he preached, repent, repent and turn from your sin. And you see, so often it's actually not, you know, trendy or it's not sexy enough message. Uh, Hello, there's heaven and there's hell. Hello, there's sin and there's obedience. There's yes and there's no. And it's, you know, it's not cool enough. and, And people don't like to hear that you will close your eyes on this earth one day and you will open them. And, you know, Bob Jones saw that, that in that vision he saw or that, that, that encounter he had with the Lord. Uh, actually, did I finish that story at all? No, he, the Lord sent him back. <laughs> the Lord said, you're going back. It's not your time. The devil took you out before your time. And he said, no, Lord, I don't want to go back. Life is too hard. They all laugh at me and they reject me. and They mock me and they, you know, I don't want to go back. And he said, really? What about them? And he said, all right, Lord, I'll go back even for one of them. And the Lord told him, no, you'll go back for a billion young people. And and Bob Jones, you know, that's the message he that the Lord sent him back with. He, he was raised from the dead and, and he lived, that was in 1975, I believe. And he died in, in 2014, on Valentine's Day, actually, in 2014, I'm nearly sure it was, or 2015, that he died. And uh, that was his life message. Did you learn to love? And the the harvest that he saw coming into the kingdom of God of a billion young people. He said, totally aside from other people who would be saved. He saw a billion young people caught on fire for God. That's your family. That's your children, your descendants. That's those people who are in your neighborhood. Those ones, even, even the troublemakers. Listen, they're the ones the Lord is after because they're the ones the devil has tried to derail and tried to get off course. And God is waiting for the church to repent of religiosity, of falseness, of hypocrisy. It's no different nowadays, friend, than when Jesus was on the earth. Everywhere he went, he called out those Pharisees, those Sadducees, those ones who, who wrote out the law. They wrote out the Bible by hand. They knew it off by heart. And yet, they did not love. They judged. They were sinners. They were, you know, he constantly called out the hypocrites. And you know, I'm not being judgmental of Christians. I'm, I, I really am not. Uh, you know, I know it probably sounds like I am, but I'm not. Please believe me. But I think that it's too dangerous. I believe many Christians shut their eyes in this earth and they think they're done good. Jesus said it himself. He said, Many will come to me saying, Lord, we did this in your name. We did that in your name. You know, the, I was reading there in Isaiah 2 the other day, you know, uh, how, how people worship the work of their hands. And, and for many people, they'll, they'll, they'll um, talk about, you know, graven images and false gods and statues and all that, but I actually believe many Christians worship the work of their own hands, as in you know, what they've accomplished for God so far. We we have we have nothing uh, to to applaud ourselves for. We're here for a job. And in Luke 13, I'm still here in Luke 13 <laughs> sorry, I'm getting high now um, but the kingdom of God. Here in in verse 10, Jesus heals on the Sabbath. He was teaching in the synagogue. He saw a woman who had been crippled by an evil spirit, by a spirit of infirmity. She had been bent double for 18 years and was unable to stand up straight. And, you know, I can appreciate for this lady. My God, not, not that when I was in that weakness and infirmity i actually could not physically stand up straight and this woman suffered she was bent over and you know is this a picture of the church bent over with this infirmity with with you know all of the the, the crap that the devil puts on people and and tries to burden people down with she was unable to stand up straight When Jesus saw her, he called her over to him and said, Dear woman, you are healed of your infirmity, of your sickness. Then he touched her and instantly she could stand up straight. How she praised God. You know, Jesus had been speaking here about repentance and about, about, you know, fruitlessness. And then he sees this woman and he calls her. He ministers his love to her, he, you know, dear woman. There's there's love there, and there's compassion, and and there's acceptance, and and and, uh, you know, like I said, the Lord t- almost taking her into his arms and just hugging her and saying, "God does not want you to be like this. He wants you well. He wants you strong," and so that's what he he ministered to her. And what happened? Straight away. But the leader in charge of the synagogue was indignant. Oh, I love this (laughs) the the language here. He was indignant. You can just see his, his religious angry face. How dare you? He was indignant that Jesus had healed her on the Sabbath day. Oh, my God. How far can you be from God like? There are six days of the week for working, he said to the crowd. You know, he he addressed the crowd then. Uh, this is how the enemy operates and, and, and through the church. And, you know, God, friend, I'll tell you this much. God is not going to stand for it. He's not, not, N-O-T. I, if his name is being used, it better be being used the right way. That's all I'll say. Because he's not going to stand for this. In in Acts 17, it says, The Lord has overlooked things in the past. But there is a day of, re- of recompense coming, a day where the church. And he said, You know, in Haggai, go back and read the book of Haggai. I believe Haggai is, oh, a a, a a now word for everybody. People were so consumed with building their houses, building themselves, building their lives, building their family. Oh, me, 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 me. And the Lord said, I'll shake. Everything that can be shaken. Go look at my house. It's lying in ruins. And he wasn't talking about a physical building. He's talking about the church and the state of people's hearts in the church. And this, you know, leader here, he's just one of them. He, he talks to the crowd. If you want to be healed, come on Monday to Friday. How dare you come on the Sabbath? Uh, come. On, sorry, Sunday to, to Thursday. How dare you come on the Sabbath to be healed? It's a day for no work. But the Lord replied, You hypocrite! Each of you works on the Sabbath day. Don't you untie your ox and your donkey from its stall on the Sabbath and lead it for water? This dear woman is a daughter of Abraham, and she has been held in bondage by Satan for eighteen years. Isn't it right that she be released even on the Sabbath? This shamed his enemies. But all the people rejoiced at the wonderful things he did. Hallelujah. That's the difference. That's the difference of meeting someone who is filled with the Spirit of God, who is who's operating in the works of God and in the love of God, is that there's an atmosphere of rejoicing and an atmosphere of love and of acceptance. There is a difference, friend. And then Jesus went on. I, I love these two little paragraphs here. Jesus said, what is the kingdom of God like? How can I illustrate it? It's like a tiny mustard seed that a man planted in a garden. It grows and becomes a tree and the birds make nests in its branches. That's such a beautiful picture of of something growing and thriving. And, uh, you know, you, you read that in, in Psalm 1 and you read it in, in, in Jeremiah 17 as well. You know, those who are planted by streams of living water, by the, at the fountain of living water himself, there's a growth and a thriving that cannot, you know, you cannot help but grow and thrive in the presence of God. Because there's life there, the spirit of life, you see. And then he said, he also asked, what else is the kingdom of God like? This is still Luke 13, verse 20. It is like the yeast a woman used in making bread. Even though she only put a little yeast in three measures of flour, it permeated every part of the dough. That's what God wants to happen for you, friend, and for all of us, is he wants his kingdom, his love, his uh, His word to... to permeate every cell of your body so that you cannot help but, uh you know, thrive and shine for him. That's what it means to arise and shine. When we're in, in obedience to his word and when we repent and are quick to repent and listen, we all have to repent every day. We do stupid things. We make mistakes. We, the Lord shines light in, in areas where, where we're not right with God. Where we haven't been, where we haven't been obedient, where we haven't been acting right, where we've put, you know, other things before him. And when he shines his light there, it's not for you to get all condemned. Oh my God, I'm such a sinner. Oh, that's not what it's about. It's about, oh God, I see now. Like Job said, you know, like he said to Job, I'm asking you a question here. I'm asking you a question. I'm putting my finger on that nerve. What are you going to respond? Are you going to say yes or are you going to say no? That's ultimately it. And God wants you to be blessed. He wants you to be strong. He wants you to thrive, uh, to, to rejoice, to have joy in your life, to enjoy your life, to get up in the morning and say, Hallelujah, it's lashing rain outside. Praise the Lord. Where's my coat? You know, uh this is what God wants. He wants you to enjoy your life. That's why Jesus said, you know, the thief comes only, only to steal, to kill and to destroy. He wants you tied up in bondage like this poor woman was, you know, in bondage. Jesus came to set the captives free. Jesus said, the thief comes only to steal, kill and destroy. I've come that you may have life and have it to the full in Jesus name. Amen. So that's what he wants about for you, friend. And that's what that's what's your portion. Let's finish and go to Psalm 86. This is the other scripture he's ministered to me. Thank you for bearing with me. And I hope I haven't bored you to tears. Psalm 86. A prayer of David. Prayer for mercy. <laughs> bow, um, Bow down your ear, O Lord, hear me. For I am poor and needy and and you know he's not talking there about financially poor. God does not want you financially poor. He wants you blessed. But you know, without the Lord, we have nothing and we are nothing. And and if if you hear nothing else today, just let it be that. Preserve my life for I am holy. You are my God. Preserve my life there actually means make um make glad, make me glad. You are my God. Save your servant who trusts in you. Be merciful to me, O Lord, for I cry to you all day long. Rejoice the soul of your servant, for to you, O Lord, I lift up my soul. For you, Lord, are good and ready to forgive and abundant in mercy to all who call upon you. You know, that's God's nature. he That's really, that scripture really spoke to me. He is good and ready to forgive. Am I? Am I ready to forgive? Am I willing to lay down my own justification? Am I prepared to count the cost? Am I ready to forgive, to forget, and to move on? For you, O Lord, are good and ready to forgive, and abundant in mercy to all who call upon you. Give ear, O Lord, to my prayer and attend to the voice of my supplications. In the day of trouble, in the day of my trouble, I will call upon you for you will answer me. You know, that's really, that the Lord really spoke that to me. It jumped out of the page to me. In the day of my trouble, I will call upon you for you will answer me. It's one of my favorite scriptures from Psalm 91, actually, Psalm 91, verse 15. You will call upon me and I will answer you. I will be with you in trouble. I will deliver you and honor you. And with long life I will satisfy you and show you my salvation. It's a scripture I would always send to people when they're sick. You know, and my God, how I needed it myself. And how God showed himself strong on my behalf. Among the gods there is none like you, O Lord. Nor are there any works like your works. All nations whom you have made shall come and worship before you, O Lord, and shall glorify your name. For you are great and do wondrous things. You alone are God. And this verse really spoke to me. Teach me your way, O Lord. I will walk in your truth. Again, going back to it's either yes or no. And as we ask the Lord, you know, it's it's what He said to Moses, or what Moses asked Him, you know, show me Your glory, and and God said, I will make all My goodness pass before you, and and uh, I will teach you My ways, and it's what we need to hear from God, Lord. Will you will you teach me Your ways? Teach me, teach me the way that You act, Lord. Teach me the way You love. Teach me to love like You love. Teach me to forgive like You forgive. I will walk in your truth. I will obey it. Unite my heart to fear your name. That means give me a singleness of heart. A singleness of heart. Just, you know, this is the decision I've made and I will do it in Jesus' name. I will praise you, O Lord my God, with all my heart and will glorify your name forevermore. For great is your mercy towards me and you have delivered my soul from the depths of Sheol. O God, the proud have risen against me and a mob of violent men have sought my life and have not set you before them. But you, O Lord, are a God full of compassion and gracious, long-suffering and abundant in mercy and truth. That's who he is. He is full of compassion. He is gracious. He is long-suffering. And he is abundant in mercy and in truth. Not just with all of those enemies of yours, but with you. That's the truth, like, you know, so often we turn this, we're very quick to turn it outwards when it's relating to our enemies. (laughs) But we forget about ourselves. Oh, turn to me and have mercy on me. Give your strength to your servant. I, I prayed that and he did. Give your strength to your servant. And save the son of your, mans- your maid servant. Show me a sign for good. That those who hate me may see it and be ashamed. Because you Lord have helped me and comforted me. And that is my testimony. And I thank you Lord. I just praise you today Father for healing me. For delivering me. And I'd like to break bread to finish with you. Because we have a covenant with God. It's a covenant of peace. Remember, the night the angels came to announce the birth of of the Messiah, of Jesus Christ, the Christ, the Messiah, the Savior of the world. And they said, peace to all men. And that's the covenant we have, the covenant written in his blood. It's a covenant of peace with God based upon the fact that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, that he never sinned, that he lived a perfect life, and that he was beaten so that I could be made whole, that his body was broken. He allowed his body to be broken so that I could be healed and so that I would not have to endure or or put up with sickness or chronic disease or, or disaster or destruction. He became poor so that I could be rich. He allowed himself to be totally stripped of everything, of who he was, of his divinity, of his power, of his righteousness with God. He he endured such heartache. He endured such rejection. He endured such physical pain, such weakness. He endured all that at the cross so that I could be set free and so that you could be set free. And he exchanged. He took my sin. He took your sin. He took all of their sin. He took it upon himself and he gave us instead his righteousness, his right standing with God, his holiness. That's why we just read it there and David could say, I am holy. We are righteous, not because, you know, I'm such a perfect, lovely, wonderful person. Uh-uh. I am righteous because Jesus Christ gave me the gift of righteousness. He gave me his perfect holiness, his righteousness, and he took my sin, my filth, my contamination, my, uh, my wrongs. He took them on himself and he endured that on the cross so that I could be set free and so that you could be set free. Jesus came to set the captives free. He came to bring healing. He came to bring beauty. He came to bring restoration and reconciliation between us and God. He came to bring peace between God and man. That's why it says that God so loves the world that he gave his son, that whoever would believe in him should not perish, but would have eternal, everlasting life. And Jesus Christ said himself in Luke chapter 10, verse 19. Behold, I give you authority over Satan, over his snakes and his scorpions. Those things that the enemy would try to use to bring to attack you, to attack your body. I am authorizing you stamped. Listen here. There you go. You're stamped with his authority in Christ. And whatever it is that the enemy has brought against you is a lie and is defeated, and is a total counterfeit, and is not from God. And let your yes be yes, and your no be no. And as you say yes to the Lord, and as he asks these questions of you, and as you answer them, and repent like Job said, I, I, you know, I, I sit here in dust and ashes and I repent before you, God, and, and don't allow the enemy to bring condemnation and accusation against you, but instead rejoice because of what Jesus did that we could never accomplish for ourselves. That's what the cross is about. That's what the covenant we have in God, the covenant, the new covenant in the blood of Jesus Christ. We could never save ourselves. We could never heal ourselves. We could never, uh, you know, make ourselves right with God or holy enough or perfect enough or nice enough. But Jesus Christ did it for us. He endured the cross for the joy that was beyond it. That joy is seeing us thriving, seeing us blessed, seeing us uh, overcoming the devil. In every area, seeing us standing together, united as the church, as his body, loving people, ministering to them, not hating them, not uh, pointing the finger, not accusing, not slandering, not not uh, worshipping false gods or, or, or worshipping ourselves, but instead worshipping the king of all the earth, Jesus Christ, and him crucified, him raised from the dead, and him victorious, and he is coming back. He is coming back. And praise God, you know what he's coming back for? He said, when I come back, will I find faith? And that's why we take this meal today. Lord Jesus, we take this bread in remembrance of what you have done for us. Your body was broken so that our bodies would be healed. Your mind, Lord Jesus, was tormented and, and weakened and, and broken so that we could be healed and so that we could live strong and healthy and prosperous in every area of our lives. Uh, strong families, strong in our minds, mental health. Lord, all, every spirit of depression and anxiety and terror Lord, you took those things on yourself so that we could be set free. You took sicknesses, cancers, diseases, leukemia, uh, uh, all kinds of of autoimmune disorders, uh, diabetes. You took those things on yourself, Jesus. You allow them to come on your body so that your perfect health could flow. And as we eat this bread today, Lord, I release miracles. I release your healing power to flow through people's bodies, through their minds, through their hearts, through their physical uh, relationships, Father God, with, with other people, Lord. I release healing, Lord, in Jesus' name. And I thank you that by the stripes of Jesus we proclaim today we are healed. Amen. You can eat the bread. Now let's take the cup. Lord Jesus, this cup represents the cup of the new covenant, of your blood that was shed for us. And that blood speaks for us because it's on the mercy seat in heaven before the throne of God. And Lord, it is from that place of victory that we are seated in the heavenly realms, far above all principalities and powers and darkness. Lord Jesus, thank you for what you've done for us. Thank you for making us right with God. Thank you for bringing us peace with God. And not only that, Lord, but you have also made us to be ministers of reconciliation. And Lord, we just praise you in the name of Jesus, that you would use us as the church, your body on this earth, to go about doing good, healing all those who are oppressed by the devil, for God is with us, your spirit has anointed us. And Lord, we just thank you that you have told us to go raise the dead, heal the sick, open blind eyes open deaf ears set free those who have been held captive in their minds or through anxiety or through all kinds of trauma from the past lord i thank you lord that you would use us as ministers of the gospel of jesus christ ministers of your power and demonstration of your glory and of your love and of your goodness lord because it is the goodness of god that leads to repentance and we thank you today as we take this cup lord We thank you for using us as vessels of honor to bring the fragrance of your presence and of your peace everywhere we go. In Jesus' name, amen. We do this in memory of you, Jesus. In memory of your death and your resurrection until you come again. And we say, come, Lord Jesus. Come and take up your reign in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you, friend.